What's up, Lifehouse fam? Welcome back to the Life Talk podcast. My name is Manny. And I'm Jarvis. We're so glad to be back. It's yes. been a minute. How yes. long has it been, Jar? It's been months. I mean, six and longer than that, right? Yeah, it's I think so. Time. I mean, there's been a lot of transition. I mean, I, I literally wasn't even going to do this anymore. Yeah. Gar- Jarvis, Garvis. Jarvis <laughs> literally guilted me into it right before our, our guest came. <laughs> yeah, I just prayed that the Holy Spirit would convict him. And, uh, and he did. Here, so I don't know. <laughs> it was either conviction or guilt. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to be back. You know, yeah, I, you know sure. there is a lot of transition. I know Jarvis is busy. I'm busy. But this is something we both love to do. And, yeah. and I mean, we literally just got off our staff meeting. And Keith said... Use your gifts yeah, outside of the ministry right. that you're, I'm, and I'm like, all right. And then Jarvis walks in. I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> did they plan this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, hey, I'm excited to be here. Talk about that, please. And no. and and you know, is, I'm excited because we have good friends here. You yeah, know, good. I, friends. I love this family we have here. We got the Canalangos. Did I say it wrong again? That's all. Canalango. Okay. So it, it sounds more like. I don't know, American, right? Canalongo. Yeah, that's why I like Canalongo. You know what I mean? Like, it's in the vowel, man. You I know. Canalongo. <laughs> I should be able to, yeah. I should roll off my tongue it's, with yeah. my Spanish and stuff. Get in touch but, with your oh, Italian. Yeah, yeah right. I'm not going to lie. I put my hand up like the Italians do and it makes it easier. Canalongo. It's true. It's true. It's <laughs> more authentic. So, crazy. Yeah, so, so, you know, mozzarella, the mozzarella. Yeah. <laughs> so, in case you guys haven't figured it out, they are Italian. Yeah. Well, he's Italian. He's Italian. I'm Italian by marriage. By marriage. There you go. We have Brian and Johanna. Yeah. And, just, just talk about a little bit about your family. Who are you guys? Sure. Uh, again, Brian, my wife, Johanna, this year, a couple months, will be 25 years 25 of marriage. Years. Man, wow. what a blessing. Wow. Man, I saw wow. some Brian serves in our youth ministry, and, and we, we were playing, a, we had a 90s night, and I had all our leaders send 90s oh, yeah. pictures. Man, this guy was That's a our hunk. Generation. Dude, I, was, <laughs> I was, yeah. I had some long, flowing hair. And, uh, he got hunkier little skin, with age. A little skinnier. Yeah. yeah it's good. <laughs> anyway. Um, we have eight children. Eight children. Yeah. Um, I have no more hair to pull out. No. Uh, four, four biological, um, went girl, boy, girl, boy. And then we had uh, four by the gift of adoption. So that's a blessing. Absolutely. So we've and been we, here. We never say never. So yeah. even though he has no more hair to pull out, we know that the Lord. That's why I'm growing up my beard. <laughs> the Lord's uh, stories are never done. Right. That's right. Um, we've been here, you know, as. Partners for eight years. We kind of started coming about nine years ago, off and on, but um, officially, you know, yeah. it was Mother's Day eight years ago. Yeah, that's awesome. It's been a blessing for sure to have you guys. Like Manny said, great friends, you know, mm. just family, really, right, is what it comes down to. And um, we're excited, right, because this past month, the month of January, we have celebrated as a church National Adoption Month, right? That was kind of when we set aside the time um, to, to celebrate that, right, and to talk about it and to do different things, right? And you guys have been a part of kind of the push, right? To kind of help aid in in what it looks like to kind of share what adoption is and how we can do it and how um, it is scary, but it is a beautiful thing, right? And kind of the the narrative of that. Um, So we wanted to kind of have you guys on just to be able to share your story, right? You said four by the gift of adoption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like God has moved in miraculous ways through them all. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of the the thought, right? Is that we can have you on to, to kind of just share, right? Your heart, one for adoption, you know, your, your burden and all of these things, but how the Lord has worked and the beautiful children that you have now um, through adoption. So if you guys want to just start kind of, um, you know, maybe let's start before that, right? Start kind of how you met, you know, how, how you guys got together and kind of then take that on to where you are now today. We're going way, way back. back. <laughs> we want the people to know you. All um, right. Well, I'll begin. Yeah, um, okay. So once upon a time, <laughs> I was a, uh, we're really going far back, so I need to shake myself <laughs> into memory here. I was a 
junior or sophomore in college, and I had a dear friend who was actually the friend who led me to Christ, Cindy, wow. and she um, she was with a group of friends at University of Delaware in a varsity ministry, and I came and visited her at school and met Brian, and... Um, I said hubba hubba. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple weeks later, he started calling me, and he um, asked me on a date, and I said... Wait, this guy goes out with a lot of girls as friends. Oh, like he's man. he's like everyone's friend. Okay. Is this like a date or what is this? And I said okay, but I wasn't sure of his intentions. He did make them known very very soon. So, <laughs> you know, that's a nod to him, but it's really funny because at our wedding, mm-hmm. the um one of our good friends who gave the charge says, "I you know, Johanna, I know there was a little bit of a mix up to know whether you were on your first date or not, but just to be clear, <laughs> You are getting married now. So there's no there's no confusion yeah. about that, right? So That's anyway, right. but I'll let you take it away from here. So Brian, how, how did you call her? Because I, I can imagine all the young people sitting here listening to this. Oh, and yeah. Like you picked up your Listen, cell phone, your iPhone, oh, your iPhone oh, and called her. You oh, started man. FaceTiming her. The season ball tomorrow. I'm dinosaurs. over an hour away. And, you know, I was like, man, like she, she caught my attention big time. Um, oh. oh, yeah. So... <laughs> It was her friend's birthday party. We're going to the Phillies game. And I said, oh, so I, uh, that was an excuse. Hey, why don't you come down? We'll do a surprise. Of course, I sat next to her. We yeah. drove together. I picked her up uh, when she pulled in. And then I just started borrowing my friend's calling card for long distance. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but when you had to pay for long distance. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just started talking and talking. And then I drove down for a date, drove down again, invited her for a week leadership meeting for university. And then she came and I let her know my intentions. I think that's what I love. All you young people, that's what I loved. And that's what attracted to me so much was the fact that he was very purposeful. There was no vagueness. He was very intentional. And it it made things so clear that there was a reason why he was calling me. And it was not to putz around and and play around. It was because I'm looking at you as a a possible marriage partner. And it it just made it so much easier to step into that without knowing those intentions. So guys make it clear. Within a month, I said, I love you. She said it a month later. And then 11 months later, we're we're engaged. And then we married June 27th, 98. And I'm thinking two to four kids. Okay. You know, let's wait two years. Let's get established. And we had a plan. Yeah. But then 10 months later, God laughs, you know, she's I'm pregnant. And then this ain't part of the plan. What's going on? What's going on? But then, and then know, nine months later. No, it was so Ethan and Isabella are 20 months apart. I planned. I'm taking a break. Nine months later, I'm pregnant. Helena. That was an adjustment. And then we just didn't want three kids close with one Sue super far away. Then Ashton and Helena are about 27 months apart. Yeah. So, so how old is the so oldest I had four biological? Kids. So Isabella just turned 23. 23. Yeah. And then Ethan's, your youngest biological? Uh, he'll be 18 soon. 18. Yeah. So, so there were four kids in five years. That was a, a pretty, a pretty chaotic season. Yeah, fun, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> messy. But it's fun having these almost adult. I mean, three adult, but yeah, yeah. so close together. Teenage years. It was just it's it's been it's been all and them sharing in the story, mm. and we'll talk about it a little bit later. With just how adoption has changed their perspective yeah. and yeah. trajectory of their life. And that's yeah. a big part of your. This isn't your only story, right? But it's a big part of your yeah, story. Adoption. Sure. I mean, there's so much more we can get into with sure. missions and all types of things, right? But Specifically, we're focused on adoption today. And so you have four kids, right? For most Americans, that's already crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I got a lot of stairs yeah. in Walmart. So, like, <laughs> I know some of this because it's talking to you guys as friends, but, like, can you just walk people through that process? Like, you got four kids. Now, where in your right mind do you say, we want to adopt now? Yeah. Like, how do you get to that point, right? How do you get to that point? 
And now knowing you guys now, I know you adopt, uh, adopt and adopt and adopt all you can. But how did you get to that point where it went from we got four kids sure. to I want I want to adopt? Yeah, I um I'll, I'll take this um, because God knocked me on the head first. And I think that he kind of showed me the pregnancy test first, the, the sort of spiritual proverbial pregnancy test. I was at a women's conference and um, Stephen Kirsch Chapman and Mary Beth were giving a testimony. Now, it, what's crazy is how it's come full circle and they've just been um, a, a, just their just sort of their testimony has been so relevant to us. But it was their testimony in the beginning that broke my heart. And it opened my eyes to the orphan crisis. And um, sure, up, up to that point, I thought, wow, two boys, two girls. I have literally had all my babies before 30. Wow. Like, I yeah. thought, like, wow, this is, I'm so completely blessed. And just, I was just not, a lot of, some people, couples will get married knowing that adoption's on our heart. And I, I think that's the most beautiful thing. But we didn't, we didn't think that. We, we always thought, oh, well, we'll do that if we, you know, we're totally open to that if we can't um, have biological kids. But let me tell you, when the Lord opened my eyes to the orphan crisis and he broke my heart for um, just the just realizing that there are so many children out there who, who need a family, I, I was just, um, I was stunned, I was humbled, I was repentant, and I was literally on fire. <laughs> I came home and I was like, Brian, I heard from God. And you better sit down. <laughs> so right away, you were right away. I knew it. He spoke so clear, Jar. I was, I, I was literally stunned um, wow. in my spirit, but so ignited and so on fire. And it was as as if, as if he gave me just this vision of this child, like start running now. And honestly, when I look back, that was right around the time that Tali would have been conceived. Wow. When you count back her life, That's so God is so big. Yeah. I could just picture, like, I know this is probably not what happened, but I could picture her telling you this news, and that was in the first period here fallout. The first here fallout. <laughs> oh, my like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I can still see his down. Down. Started shaving that thing a long time ago. Um, I still remember being in the basement. She's like, I want to share something with you. And, I, and I, I, she's looking at YouTube and videos. and Yeah. And that's all awesome stuff. You know, I've, I've got your day videos and oh, stuff. Yeah. Four kids. I made sure we couldn't have any more kids. Like we're done. Like, yeah. You know, in my head, hey, when Ashton's twenty two, I'll be I'll be fifty two. Yeah. Boom. You know, enjoy life. Yeah. And, yeah, I could go on crew. I can you know, whatever. That literally was my mentality. It's focus career, and this is kind of how we're taught here in, yeah. in the American yeah. dream, and just right. you know, progression in, in the career. <clears throat> and then uh, God interrupted. It was a struggle, and when I say struggle, it was eighteen months of absolutely no. It wasn't like, oh, let me think. I mean, it was, yeah, I'll pray about it. And I didn't. I just, I'd rather ignore it. That's the buy, that's the buy you some time. Pray. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pray about it. But yeah. we, we homeschool. We have, you know, kids that don't think about logistics. Kids that just look at love and just say, and writing, you know, she just happened to have a writing course that says, why don't you write dad a persuasive letter? Why he's a great dad and why we should adopt. And, oh, know. whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. So my assignment was for her to write a letter in the persuasion category. She chose, yeah, okay. my kids were on fire. They, they, they caught wind of the Holy Spirit moving and the kids have pure faith. So yeah, they did, weren't caught up in logistics. They, they just saw, wait, we have room at the table. We have room in our house. Why would we not? Like yeah. it was so easy for them. And, and me looking back at, it's beautiful. So I was asked to go 
um, this is before Lifehouse, um, to go to Nicaragua on the mission trip for, you know, to potentially build an orphanage and so forth. And we've been to Turkey. I've been to you know, Tijuana. I've been on mission trips. I love missions. And so we, I went. Johanna says, get out of here, because she's thinking, oh, that, you know. God <laughs> will speak to yeah, him. <laughs> I, I came home for a burden for missions and burden for to help, but not I, I wasn't ready, sold out. It was just too scary. And one thing I tell so many people is, you know, I'll validate all your fears because I had them. Mm-hmm. And I remember just wrestling through and having people in my life to be able to talk to and say, man, like, I mean, international adoption, it is so expensive, but no way. And I couldn't even think where. I couldn't even really think international or domestic. I was just no to adoption because – I, I don't need to. That, yeah. that was kind of like, I don't need to. Yeah. And, and then it was, I, I was willing though to educate. We mm-hmm. even hosted a, a an adoption kind of awareness or considering adoption book that other people that have adopted led and then other couples, which all of them have since adopted, just asking questions. Yeah, a safe place to come and ask questions. And we had an agreement at that point because the Lord had been knocking me on the head again saying, it is not your job to be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. You need to step out of the way. This is between me and him. So it took a lot of surrender on my part. I still sent him some videos here and there and some <laughs> blog posts, but it took a lot of of just surrender on my part to step out of the way and believe God who he is. If this is what was God's plan for our life, it was up to him to get Brian on the same page as me. That wasn't my job. So there was a bit of a release there of control, but also a release of that burden. Um, but he did put on my heart um, for us to host this thing because if I was dealing with this, and surely there were other couples who were also dealing with considering adoption and what did that. So we had an agreement that we would not talk about it until we were in those meetings. And it, it allowed him to not feel bombarded. It allowed me to be more reflective and just pray. And then it gave us trusted space with accountable people around us to ask those questions and to be vulnerable and truthful. And well, one question was, where are you on this adoption journey? Your driver's seat, this, I'm like, woo, U haul in the back, you know, like <laughs> I'm just not there. Yeah. And it was a struggle, but then, you know, late October, early November of 2011, um, 2000, whatever, 11, uh, 10, I, I lose my job, you know? And I'm like, woo, and I really, I still remember laying on my you know, trampoline and just kind of like, what is happening? This is November. And, I, and I, I'm learning, I've learned and still learning how God speaks to me. And I'm like, I, I like to be very creative. I'm like, oh, if, if, if we, if we adopt, here's how I'm going to tell them. I'm going to make a video. I'm going to do that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not adopting. What am I doing? <laughs> but I just remember, I, I really feel like God had to slow my role. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm leading a big basketball ministry, um, um, you know helping out over here. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Mm. I'm busy at work. And you know, it, I, I didn't slow down enough to hear his whisper. Mm. And I remember specifically just saying, man, I cannot deny the spirit is moving in my life in, in around me in this mm. direction of adoption. And I can't find a good excuse except selfish excuses of why I wouldn't, mm. you know, I just wanted to go away. <laughs> and Money was an issue, and my best friend. Well, if money's your only issue, and your God's too small, okay, I think of another issue. I was, I was worried about what if, you know, I'm not shopping for, you know, a puppy dog or for, like, like what if I'm not connected or like it just, it was, it was hard, like real questions. Yeah, but real, I would, real, but I would questions. ask questions to my neighbors and other other people that have adopted 
do they feel like your own? Do they do? Oh, absolutely. I'm like, but I don't understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just an act of obedience, not Mr. Hey, I have all this faith. It was like, Lord, mm-hmm. I don't want to be disobedient, but please I'll open the doors and I'll go through them, but please close the doors. Mm-hmm. And that was my, that was my thing. I was actually more excited on telling them. And I made this awesome video and showed them at Christmas time. But I wasn't like emotionally there. It was more of a business. How am I going to afford it? How am I going to do this? We shared. And literally, within a week, we had applications done and everything. The and next we, day. Yeah, she, she, she took it over. She pulled, she pulled, pulled them all printed, She pulled yeah. the folder out. I was like, all right, let's oh. go. So oh, that was good. You know, that was Christmas of 2010 mm-hmm. that we moved forward. It was July of 2009 when she originally told me. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good, good, good bit of a gap. We, we yeah. started home studies. It's all new. And, you know. I was thinking Nicaragua. That's what I know. I mean, I was just there. I have connections there. And, but then you have to host the child. And there's different. And that's such an important thing is you don't have to have all the, the logistics or all the details of knowing where God's going to lead you. As you take a step in that direction, he starts to reveal more. But you think that before you take that first step, you need to know all the things, where, how old, when, what would it be? You know, but I think it just is that step of obedience and then that little bit of light gets revealed. And it's it's the end point is never what you think it's going to be in the beginning. But it's you're not going to get there without a, that obedient faith step. Absolutely. Yeah, I just think of Abraham. I mean, you read in Genesis, right? And God just said, go to this place. And it doesn't mm. give you a whole yeah. bunch of information. But you got to mm. think, like, he didn't know what, what was about to happen. Yeah. But he mm. went. He, he, he was obedient. And that's kind of like what you guys are explaining. You just got to be obedient. And don't you don't know what's coming next, right? Uh-huh. And, and, and we'll get into it. I mean... Part of it, it brought heartache. Well, I Part think if it, we knew, we would have run in the other direction. Right. And, yeah. and, but man, it's just such a powerful story that you didn't do that. And we're going to get into it. But so you, you get, you got, you finally, all right, I'm on board. <laughs> how do you, how do you get to firstly, how did you get to China and then start going into your first, second, yep. third, fourth? Um, I mean, China was kind of a, you know, what about Nicaragua? Let's look into it. What about Colombia? Let's look into it. And a lot of those had, you have the, host or be in the country for more than two, three, four, maybe up to you know, 12 weeks. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. So you time. have to like go to their country and Correct. stay yeah. there for yeah. a nice bit. Of, well, Both parents would be there for two weeks. And then which is we, wonderful, but we didn't you get have to foster the kid ability. in country. Yeah. So that was kind of Latin America. Mm-hmm. We looked at, you know, is it India, is it Africa? Um, and we just sat there and with China, you know, with the kind of the laws and, and things they passed, it's just a trans, it's sort of transparent there's some adoptions. There, there can be some corruption and who yeah. you're dealing with. And yeah, it was a very, it, it felt like the most stable program at the time. Someone that could hold our hand. We knew the, what to expect. Here's the process, A to the Z, and, yeah. and move forward. Yeah. A you very know. predictable timeline for the most part. Yeah. And we had, I had already started conducting with a lot of friends who who we had been seeing their, their journeys. So I felt like things were leading us in that direction. We just moved forward with the home study. And, you know, we're not paired with anything. We're just like, Hey, we're just doing whatever they're, they're telling us to do, doing all the education. But then probably the hardest thing during that, again, I'm still kind of not emotionally there. You know, I'm praying for provision on finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll explain in a second, one thing I should have prayed for, cause I thought, Hey, I'm good with kids. You know, that I don't need to pray about that, you know, but, um, meaning good with bonding, with bonding and, and just, just natural. You know, yeah. and- but, um, we get this list of what are you willing to accept on special needs? Because most children would have some type or form of special needs. We were in a program that it was you yeah. you would be adopting a child with special needs. And no. we were given a checklist of things that you we would be open to and things mm-hmm. that we would not be open to. And some ways that felt very stifling, very hard. Yet 
there is value in that because you need to go in knowing, you know, this is something that we could handle or not handle. But as we know, as Christians, most of the time we're called to things we can't handle in our own strength. So I found that checklist to be very, very hard. Um, you don't get to say no to something when a child's put it in, in your belly, you get what the Lord gives you. And, yeah. um, and so that was hard, but you understand too, the reasons why the agency needs to do, needs to do that. But we actually, it's amazing how God works even beyond that. We had written down things that we felt we were being led to. And, um, that, that expanded as the years went on, but in the beginning, God just showed us what, what we were going to be open to at that time. And, What's incredible, you want to yeah. share it? <laughs> in June, you know, we had Cliff Lip and Palin on there, and, and I was like, again, emotionally checked out in a way, sort of. Uh, I was more of like, wait, that's dental cost, that's speech therapy. That's, but we call it take it off. Like it was just too. Well, we got anxious. Yeah, anxious. Well, three weeks later, July 4th, you know, she kind of runs in and says, we just got a list, and they're both. No, we, we, we'd gotten a, like a file, a file. A, a file of a child who has cleft open was palate. available for adoption. She had cleft open palate. And, and I just um, said, it was just a neat, absolutely, get it. Yeah. Don't look at the picture. Just read the file. Let's see where, you know, and it just was so beautiful. And we're like, absolutely. We just knew. And we just knew. Yeah. And then it started getting excited. Like, wait a second. You know, now it's a face. Now it's, it's a person. It's real. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not just a. We were looking at her eyes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and we were. And, so in love. you know, within five and a half months, we were in China, you know, wow. and we took Isabella with us. Um, and Isabella's our oldest. Yeah. She at the time was 11, almost 12. And I will tell you the most beautiful thing, but in China, you know, just seeing it, she's, you know, it's lots of crying, lots of crying. I mean, they don't know what's happening. Yeah, right? You're a stranger. She just spent four hours on the train and doing like all you're this. You're taking them away yeah. at that moment from everything they know. Yeah. And, one thing I've since learned is, I mean, she didn't have any male figures, little and dad or anything in there. You know, so yeah. big, scary guy, you know, I was just a kind of a bystander really in China because she, she didn't want anything to do with me. Unless I had M&Ms, you know, I wasn't holding her. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. doing anything. M&Ms can be a great bond. And it was, it was yeah. a hard six month transition. It really, I mean, it wasn't until her second surgery in May mm-hmm. of 2012 that she actually reached out and wanted me to hold her. I mean, so it wow. was a hard. Yeah. And. Even putting her to sleep, but it took me three, four years, three years, just because it's mom bond. It's yeah. this, mm-hmm. but it's so beautiful now. And now it's the she's most beautiful. She'll be 13 girl. here. And I'm, 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 yeah. you know. So well, that first time she reached out, did you cry? Oh, she was in the hospital and she's like, Dad, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, it was, <laughs> I can't imagine. Man. Yeah. It's so, a hard earned hug. Reach uh, out. <laughs> so how did, you know, you, you kind of had this hesitancy to, to adopt and then the bond isn't clicking as much as you thought. Like, how did that kind it of? It was hard. You know. Well, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of there are there's a lot of warfare afterwards. I came home and my job wasn't my new job was in jeopardy. Bank being bought and yeah, job insecurity for six months. Wow. I mean, it was on my knees. And and you know, I still had some debt from that, even though God fully provided through different circumstances and fully provided within a year. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. but it was just more reliance where you just want to come home and just kind of settle in, you know? And it was yeah. just like, yeah. you know, and, and so much I've learned through identity where so much, and, and I struggled with for so many years is my identity is in my job. I provide, I'm a, I'm a provider. I'm a, yeah. And when that's in jeopardy, then my identity's in jeopardy. Right. But I've learned that, man, my identity is in Christ mm-hmm. and, yeah, and right. I can have lose my job. I could do this, mm-hmm. but man, it doesn't change who I am. Mm-hmm. But, but again, that's through, 
maturity and learning Growing, and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you adopt Talia. How old was she when you adopted her? 20 months old. 20, 20 months. months old. So wow. from from going from absolutely not to nothing, I mean, we, we already kind of hinted it. You ended up adopting four. So how do you, so how, how for after you got Talia, how quick before you realized well, we're going to do this again? God, one thing I've always struggled with is how to articulate how I feel, why I feel, yeah. you know, like not going deep in my own personal, you know, I've learned to journal and so forth throughout the years. And, and it's gotten a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I also believe in accountability and, and, and male companionship to be able to share and be real. But in China, I was like, this is so beautiful. As hard as it was in the way being a bystander in a way, I just said, man, this is so beautiful. How could we not consider in the future? But you know, I'm just focusing on there. We didn't really ever talk about it much. Mm-hmm. You know, so she's home um, late Christmas of, of 11, you know. So you know, April, May of 2013, we go to Nashville for Show Hope. Stephen Curtis Chapman, we were uh, um, or we, we got um, grantees of a grant you know, from them. And we go to their 10-year anniversary. And we're just in Nashville. We're enjoying it. And we just are unified. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we need to adopt again. Mm-hmm. We're unified. It's May of 2013. Now, I, um, I, I... We're unified until... Well, I had been, <laughs> at, at that point, I had gotten into advocating for um, children with special needs. Uh, I connected with a lot of agencies and started sharing, um, just started a blog, a website, and just sharing children who needed homes and advocating for them. And um, being in that community, you know, there were these Facebook groups where um, you were just a part of just a bigger community of children, you know, your eyes were soon open to just the the great need, um, even more so. And uh, I had dear friends who had adopted a child with a heart condition and we had been praying for the child. She had a heart transplant and she, um, she died during her surgery. And, um, and I was just, I, we were my our whole family were pre- was praying for her little Teresa and I just was so broken I I couldn't um I couldn't even eat or sleep just imagining the um the amount of children who are waiting with broken hearts and, you know here Teresa was home she had been in a Christian family she knew Jesus and she uh she's she was in heaven and um, what if you know what if she had not you know so. I was being moved towards heart babies, and I, again, heard the Lord speak to me and say, I'm, I'm moving you towards heart babies. This is why I'm breaking your heart. You are going to be the mama of a child with a broken heart. And then I had to talk to, to Brian, <laughs> Brian about this revelation. Um, but I was just so cl- it was so clear from the Lord. And, um, and again, God, God blinds you to the bigger things, the bigger fears, when you hear his voice. It's, it's just... It's almost, it was a, a holy ignorance to all. I, I was just, I, I had this passion and I wanted to hit the ground running. I wanted to find my heart baby and wanted to bring her home. That was a struggle. I had five kids. I was open to adoption. Yeah. But heart, I mean, God, not my six. Come on. Like it was just a big struggle. And this is before, you know, we, we received any files or, in, you know, and, uh, we didn't even have a home study done or anything. We weren't, you know, but she shows me Gianna's file. And well, I, I want to back up though, sure. because there's a story there and I don't want to just fly over it. But um, 
there was a little girl who, uh, who I was advocating for and she, uh, she just moved my heart so desperately. And I asked Brian to please pray about her because I, I wanted to bring her home. And, um, and he did, he prayed, he prayed if she was our child and it broke my heart because he had said that the Lord had told him no. And I want people to know that because I want them to, to hear that side of the story too, that sometimes when we pray and we ask the Lord closes the door and he says no. And it was really hard for me to understand because here's a child who needed a home. We were a home. So why would the uh, answer be yeah. no? Why? Like that, I, I, I did not understand. I just had to surrender to it. And I remember writing a blog post just about how it killed me. And I was advocating for her. And I said, I wanted to be the one, but I'm, I can't be. So I'm, I'm asking someone to step up. And that just made my, my fire that much more ablaze that the Lord has not let us off the hook. He's just got another child for us. And um, almost, I want to say a few days later, uh, maybe it was maybe a week or two later, a dear friend of mine who I was fellow advocating with in the advocacy world, she called me one morning and she's like, Johanna, this little girl just popped up on this agency list and you need, she's, she's got a heart defect and you need to go see her right now. Well, I don't know what it was, but something told me from the Lord, this is your child, call the agency now. I didn't even go look at the website. I didn't do anything. I called the agency. I said, I want her file. I said, this, this little girl who just popped up, I want her file now. And so I got her file. He was still at work, didn't know a thing. And I'm reading her file and I'm looking at her face and I just like, this is the one. This is our child. She had a half heart and she needed a family and that's all I needed to know. So he comes home from work. <laughs> and I remember that surrender of writing, you know, moving forward. Um, we're about to go on vacation. I have this file of this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful little girl. I just didn't want her situation. Yeah. And she had heart surgery at nine months old. Um, she was going to need more surgeries. She was going to need more surgeries. She had came home from surgery within a couple of weeks. She got moved to an, a foster home. We didn't know at the time. Right. Thank, thankful for that Christian foster home. Then she went back in the hospital for a whole month for bacterial meningitis. Wow. And I'm looking at this saying, I don't know anything about any of that. All I know is that's just a lot to take, take on. And we researched and we sent things to doctors and, you know, but I'm on vacation. It was the worst vacation of my life at the time because I'm just running. Everyone's like, they're writing Gianna and they, or not Gianna, you know, all this stuff. And, we and, did. We wrote Gianna in the I'm sand. Sorry, Gianna, yeah. And I'm <laughs> we like, <laughs> it, it was just. Um, I already had her name. And, and part of me is like, okay, I could say no. I mean, I definitely heard the first time, like, no, I didn't have that piece. It was different. Like, I wanted to say no and we'll just forget and we'll move on. In two weeks, it'll come back to normal. Like, it was, I, could, I, I couldn't. But I ignored it a little bit, and I just, I just did. I just wanted to get away. Because, and it was very frustrating yeah. for me because the more doctors we would reach out to for, I wanted some sort of help for Brian to have some sort of. It's not so bad. You can move forward, yeah. but we weren't getting that. We were getting well. There could be brain injury from meningitis. These heart surgeries are going to be at least two or three after that. She ended up having six in her lifetime. You know, and, and so there was never a human perspective, logical, sure, step forward. Yeah. This looks like a great, solid decision. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, this is not looking good. Like, you're going to have to do something. And it was, it was a place of absolute desperation on my heart that God would speak to him because I saw the mountain. 
I saw the fear. I saw those scary words in the file, the scary words from the doctors. And I said, it's going to take a miracle work in God. So this is September 13. And I learned that you can't hold on to someone's file forever. You have to return it. You have to say yes or no. And mm-hmm. it was midnight in September. And um, she said, Brian, I'm going to trust whatever the Lord tells you, but you have to make the decision. And if there's one thing I really struggle with, is just being back in the corner. Like, I just want to fight. You want to get out of it, you know. But I just remember sitting there and on the couch. I said, her Bible is right there. I said, just give me your Bible and you got to leave me alone. And I've never done this before. And honestly, I haven't done it since. But I said, Lord, my answer is no. Mm-hmm. Clearly, like I, my answer is absolutely no. Unless right now you, I'm going to get choked up. But mm-hmm. right now you set, you, you tell me. So... I open it up. I just throw up the Bible and it's in Romans. I just, I just, you know, whatever she has highlighted and I, I see repent. I'm just, it, it wasn't immediate. Yes. But I'm like, crap, I'm just needing to repent of my, mm. my unfaithfulness. Like my, my, my lack of trust here does not make sense. It's too hard. Like what if I did not want to bring grief in the home? Mm. I was way too protected growing up. Of, you know, my grandparents died in 97, 101 a couple of years ago. Like it just, I, yeah. I didn't have, I was shielded from the grief and heart. I mean, heart and brain, right? Like those are the two things, you know, you could do limbs or something you can yeah. do without them, but you need, you need these. So I kind of flip over open and she was, we were really kind of going through Gideon. But I just, man, like I'm just, I'm looking at this, just seeing how God is always with you. And Isaiah, you know, I'm with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Like I will never leave you or forsake you. I'm like, oh my gosh, never in my life before or since really complete like fear gone. Mm. I mean, I I could not feel it. I could not, like I could talk about, oh, we'll do surgeries, this, but I was not emotional. I was not emotionless. It was just fear was gone. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was the most beautiful, scary, lots of tears. And we said, let's go get our daughter. Yeah, he called me in the room and he was crying. And he said, let's go get our, our daughter. And I um, I was crying. And uh, the next morning, you know how you do things late at night? And the next morning you kind of have that, that, did that just happen? Or do we have, <laughs> I looked at him, I was like, you're sure, right? And he goes, don't ever ask me that question again. <laughs> and um I was just humbled at that point that I would even doubt that the Lord was his burning bush and, and right in front of him speaking. And um, and the most beautiful thing was the confirmations that we were receiving just afterwards. Um, the little girl who I was just broken for, um, the next day we had heard from the agency that she had a family. Wow. So um, immediately right away, like the Lord allowed us to see just a bigger picture, um, his plan. Well, I'm going to look back. That family is really good friends of ours now. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's just pretty cool. Yeah. Really cool. And a huge support yeah. for each other. Um, so it, it, it was a very fast adoption. Um, nine months from that day, we were in China receiving our little girl. Now, it was a lot of... It, the Lord increased our faith in numerous ways by taking steps into the unknown, uh, even up to the point where when we got to China, we had, well, to back up, we did find out after we said yes, that she was in a Christian foster home. And it was um, just such a a beautiful 
hug, kiss we, on the forehead from the Lord. We got to literally FaceTime. Yeah. Gianna, see her first steps. Yeah, we got uh, there connected. There's an American missionary serving in that orphanage or that foster care. Um, and I'll tell you, like once a week, we're, you know, talking to her and seeing Singing her. Twinkle, Twinkle, just, little star to it her. It was beautiful. And, wow. and we, we also knew it was just unified, clueless on how we were going to afford it. We're bringing the whole family. Like we're not leaving yeah. the kids behind. No one's yeah. like. This. We had gotten a taste yeah. of having Isabella there and realizing her eyes were just opened to the God of the world, not just the God of America. And we realized that we can't we can't keep this from our children. This is this is a family decision, and it's a family faith step. And I think it was the best thing. We also brought grandparents. Brought my parents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how old is Talia at this point, and how Two. old is? Gianna, when you bring her home, she no, was no. Oh, um, oh wait, Tali was four. Tali was four. Gianna was two and a half. Yeah, when, when when she came home, so we were there May, and the May was Gotcha Day. We actually got to serve in her foster home wow. for five days. Yeah. Of course, one of those days she was in the hospital. Well, when we that was going to touch on that was when we got to China. She was in the hospital, huh. and right away I felt the enemy taunting me, saying, "See, you're 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 too you're way in deep. Yeah. This is this is not for you. You need to run." And I just I could feel that teasing from him, that mockery. And I just had, we just had to continue to look at each other's eyes and say, we are right where we're supposed to be. And she was able to come home the next day. And we were, and it was beautiful because we got to bond with her and the kids got to serve. And normally with gotcha days, you just, that's the first time you see your child and you, you walk away with them and and they're traumatized. Everyone's crying, you know, but it was beautiful because she knew us. She's from three hours away. So you have to go to their province. So after a couple of days, we take the train and then it's gotcha day and they bring us in the civil, civil affairs office. She walks in and thankfully she already knows us yeah. um, or sort of, but it was a couple of weeks there and, you know, um, it was actually a sweet transition. It really, really was. Yeah. Um, we had hard decisions after, you know, yeah. going to three doctors and one doctor says, do this three way. different hospitals. Yep. One doctor says this way. The other one says, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and it was a her heart and her body anatomy was so unique that there had to be three different hospitals weighing in on her, um, how to navigate and how to get her to a place of stability. She did not have a spleen. So any fever could go immediately or any sickness, you know, it's, you can't overlook wow. a small fever. It can spike immediately. Cause you had nothing to really fight things off, let alone her valves. You know, one was, too 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 small you know one she had a half her heart was yeah. was a functioning heart the other half wasn't so oh. we decided to go to boston and you know that we're very confident of repairing so we can keep the heart where the other option is hey it's a short-term fist fix but she's going to need a heart transplant in the future and we were we were told by the doctors that there is a possibility that her heart can be saved and which would lessen the chance of um, more problems down the road. And so we went with a specific path to repair the heart that she had and um, try to build the other side, build a, 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 a um, artificial valve. And, and, wow. and it was really incredible. Well, they, they attached it. A week later, had to re- replace the valve because it wasn't working so they had to put up artificial yeah, the first bed. surgery was yep. really crazy because we were up there for almost two months with three yep. open heart surgeries um so i'm going back and forth time. this is where actually where tali and i really bonded yeah. right because johanna's in boston for six weeks seven weeks and i'm up there every other weekend um 
But yeah, then she had to get a pacemaker. So it was like three surgeries within three and a half weeks. Wow. Yeah. And that's pretty much right when you got back. Uh, that was November, the okay. summer. Okay. Yeah, so it was, it was about six months wow. after we were home. Yeah, right? Within the first six months, three surgeries. And you said there was six total, right? So like after she had those, one in China, one in China. Okay. Now she's on her fourth, oh, yeah, three in a row. Yeah. And then it's, it's normal now, right? We're, we're in 2015 and so she's doing, she's doing, she's good. doing great. She's, really she's, well. good. Yeah. she's, she's thriving yeah. and sassy as anything. Yeah, <laughs> that girl. And it was one of those, um, personally, you know, through, um, something I, I'm going through, through some spiritual, emotional, financial struggles, one of the hardest times, um, of my life during the surgeries, no support. Mm. And, you know, I'm just, we felt like we were losing a community. At the oh, zero time. community, you know, and it was before we were, um, yes, church and feeling very, very attacked hopeless and it was a dark time very dark time nine months of it and it started a little before gianna's surgeries and so i am drained but you know june of 15 again started a new job because my job wasn't the issue but everything else externally was affecting the job right and affecting my performance so things are going great and i get a new job we put the house on the market even though it took a year to sell and new beginnings, new beginnings. And that's when we officially started coming here. Mm-hmm. We had to leave everything. It was just, it was ugly. It was really hard for me. But we always joked around. We did not talk adoption for a while. But I said, if we ever adopt again, oh, it's going to be a boy. I'm like, I'm tapped out here on girls. <laughs> like, you know, come on, help Ethan Nash now here. Um, and that's June of 15. And it's, if man, the freedom I felt of just, new, like I said, new job, coming here officially full time and, and um, July, July. Well, so again, I'm in the says. advocacy. <laughs> again, I'm in the advocacy world. Your eyes are open, you know, and yeah. you can't pretend to not know what You're you know. You are time, you yeah. are accountable to what you know. But again, we had we were in China with Gianna, and we we knew when we were there that we would be back. We just we just knew we were unified. No timeline, but yeah. But we had no timeline. I wasn't looking. I wasn't I was feeling at a rest. I I was just going about my calling, which was to advocate for children and to speak on their behalf and find families. And but I will say, when we were in China, we both knew we'd be back for a boy. And I remember when we were serving in Gia's foster home, there was a little boy there and I, I just heard God say, He'll look like him. He'll look like him. I don't know why. I just felt like I looked at this little boy and I wanted to go. I wanted to, we weren't ready at that point, but I thought, man, if we were, I would be running towards Rudy was his name. And I came home and right away started advocating for him. But I I heard that whisper from the Lord and it just was a little tuck in my heart. And I just kind of hit it there. And we we found him a family through our um, coming. We had taken video of playing with him. And, you know, when people see friends holding a child, it takes a lot of that fear away because they're not just this picture Mm -hmm. with this. They're a real person who has giggled with you, cried in your arms and it personalizes it. And he had a family within, within months. And, um, so funny story. Well, crazy story. God is so beautiful the way he works. As I was in, in this advocacy group, people post, updates on the kids that they're advocating for. And so I just kind of popped in and I was looking at these pictures and 
reading some updates of who's gotten families, who hasn't, and then just scrolling and this little boy came in front of me and he looked just like Rudy. And I, and I saw him, heard the, I heard the Lord say, that's him. And I was stunned in my spirit. And I immediately, I was like, I have to mark this moment or I won't believe it. I reached out to a good friend, a good prayer warrior, Jim Kramer. (laughs) I love him so much. And I I, I actually messaged him. I said, I need you to pray right now. Pray for Brian. (laughs) I was like, because I think I just saw my son, (laughs) our son. And I need a lot of help from the Lord because this feels crazy, but it's undeniable. Yeah. Again, I don't have to be convinced to adopt again. Yeah. It's just not the right timing, mm. right? That's not the right timing. By saying yes to another child means I need another vehicle, right? We have eight. We, we have yeah. six kids. We we have eight passenger Honda Odyssey, and it's paid off. No car payments for a long long time, and um, it's just not. The, I just got through just a lot of stuff. I'm really tired, and I need to focus on my job. And we our house is on the market, so. It hey, definitely did not make let's sense. Let's get a new house, maybe a car, but like, let me just get my budget and get yeah. under control. And that was about a week. And again, you have to give this file back. And I just remember sitting in the parking lot in Newark and I just, you know, like my body's moving. I'm almost like watching myself outside. I'm like, what is happening here? And I just heard the Lord speak to me and says, okay, Brian, you can wait a year. You can get your house. You can get your life in order when it makes sense. But then what will your excuse be then? Mm. I mean, it's so clear. Yeah. I just, it was, mm. and I think by little steps of obedience throughout the time and the big ones with adoption, but other little ministry stuff and just with missions, like little steps and you see, you're like, you know, God's provide. like money was not, it, it was never easy to, 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 to raise, but it wasn't, that was not even a concern. Okay. Cause I know God will come through. Yeah. I just got out of the car. It happened to be July 28th of 2015. It's Hudson's birthday. Sixth birthday. Wow. Six years in the orphanage. Mm-hmm. And this would be our oldest adoption. Totally different. Out of birth order. Definitely yeah. a lot of different. And I just got balloons and I go in. I'm, at, and I'm in my garage about to walk in with balloons. As I could pop all these right now, not say anything. Like I was wow. just, I was so yeah. easy. But I walk in. Because I see, I've, I've, I've walked the blessings. I've walked the hard, and I see the blessings in it. And I know I might not be able to feel it. Feelings will lie to you. Like I can't. But I again, I'm like, listen. I know how God speaks to us. I've agreed. Like I know it would be a, a boy one day. Why not now? It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. I know it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. And they're like, what are the balloons? What's well, your brother's birthday? You know. And we just move forward, mm-hmm. not knowing the storms that are going to come very shortly. Mm-hmm. You know couple months later so we didn't even have a home site or anything so we just then start the process saying this is the, the person you know kid um and i think that one 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 thing thing to bring up is how it was just the way the lord works is he gives this invitation and it's it sort of we had walked the miracles beforehand and at that point it was this we know what we could possibly miss by saying no to this invitation. It's like we were aware and it scared us more to be out of his will and miss miracles than to be in his will and be scared knee shaking. So it was this, like I said, this higher accountability and a deeper ask. 
And again, I always say this, the Lord doesn't need us to do his will. He doesn't need us. He can do anything beyond us. He invites us to be a part of his miracles, redemption and beauty. And man, it's just, we always say this, what if we had missed it? And, and what are we missing now? Like it's a, it's a sobering moment. You know, it's um, not the, Hey, you adopted once you adopted twice. Oh, you've done your duty, your Christian duty, just move on with life. And, and that's, I want to be in that position even 20, 30 years from now. It's like, Lord, what do you call me to do? Yeah. And I feel like when you're in that posture and you have the eternal kingdom perspective, it changes the filter and outlook you have yeah. that you're not going to blend in. And trust me, you will not blend in what people call radical or this or that. Or you're doing like, oh, that's great for you. Well, I mean, God's, God's called us all. And, and why? Well, why not? Yeah. Why not? Because scripture says, people are like, oh, I need to wait for a green light. Well, the scripture says green light, so just wait for a red light. Not, and again, not everyone's called to adopt, but I would say to do something, advocacy, prayer, support. And it's not going to make sense. I think that's the thing. People are often wanting the approval of man. And I, and I think what's really we had to contend with and we had to come to terms with was a lot of criticism the, the further we would go into God's invitations. For instance, Gianna had a heart failure. Um, we had just gotten back from a Make-A-Wish trip. And um, if you remember our story, we we're saying she was really stable. Well, out of nowhere, she had heart failure just after that Make-A-Wish one, trip. One year after her surgeries. One year, to the day almost. Do, after do you, you already have Hudson at this point? No. We did not. We pursued we were, Hudson in July. We were committed to him. July, we're pursuing Hudson. October, we go to Make-A-Wish. During, in Florida, like, you know, Disney, she's having issues and we're going to urgent care and, or, you know, we fly home and uh, wow. literally within a day she's in, she, you know, every, every year, you know, for two or three years, she spent the time in the hospital during Thanksgiving, you know, so she, yeah, she got, she immediately went to an emergency room, got transported er- the, to Philadelphia and knowing that the, you know, for two weeks just to get her fluids down and then she got Stable. airlifted to Boston wow. For another um, repair. Um, to that so it, same hospital. Boston did yes, the original. Same, okay. same surgeon. Um, and we just didn't expect to see him so, so soon again. Yeah. But um, it, just imagine, <laughs> imagine you are sitting there and you are fearing if your child is going to die. You know you've stepped out in faith and then you're just, you just basically feel the, the, the whole, what are you guys doing? Ado- mm-hmm. Adopting again when you're, your children in your family now need you. And it was just that, in fact, while we were in the hospital fighting for her life, we got the, the China approval to adopt Hudson. So again, none of it made sense. The timing definitely, it was our, the way God reminded us, it's never going to be your timing. It's never going to feel like the right time. In fact, it might feel completely the wrong time, especially the way it looks to the world. So we would get questioned, but I guess it was that sort of, it was that rebellious, you know, nope, the Lord spoke and, you know, we, yeah. we, we, we fear his voice way more than we fear the world's voice. And so um, it was definitely a, a trying time, but God was so merciful and so miraculous and how he saved her life. She literally, we saw a, um, a child come from yeah. death to life and uh, <laughs> lots of miracles, you know, and she, we were kind of thrusted now into this mechanical valve, everyday blood thinners, once mm-hmm. or twice a week, checking INR levels and you know, blood, and it was just a wow, this is yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, um, 
she was not able medically to travel to China. So I just brought my boys with me and Johanna's father. Um, and the boys trip. it was a boys <laughs> trip and it was just, you know, the past adoptions I had help and it's the mom, mama's the nurture. I mean, I, I, I love, love kids, but yeah. I had to deal with everything, not just the emotional, the protection of everyone, you know, and I still remember him walking in and we, it was a, uh, a orphanage gotcha day pickup and, you know, he's in Beijing and I just remember him walking in, hi, Baba, because he saw pictures. We sent him a cake for his birthday. They, and yeah, they get trained on what, you know, as soon as you go out, you say hi to your parents. He well, didn't know what he was doing no, or saying. Then we brought gifts, but then I remember, like, he's all happy. And I and I knew having Ethan Ashton there would, would help, you know. I pick him up for a picture. Whoo, done. Man. Like, it's mm-hmm. reality. And he's saying in Chinese, which I cannot understand or speak, but I'm just, you know, trans- I want to go back upstairs. I just want to go back upstairs. I just want to go back upstairs. Oh, ah, he's screaming. Wow. And thankfully through just some distractions. And then it was two days of beautiful giggles and bliss until he got car sick. And then it was two or three days of this is reality. Yeah. I don't think um, a lot of people who aren't familiar with adoption don't realize that children grieve. Yeah. They grieve losing. They don't know that what they're going to, what they're, yeah. what God's giving them is, is a better, you know, is, yeah. is all they know is you're, you're taking them away Stability, of what they know. They and know. it's, it is, it's, to them, it feels like kidnapping, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, from their perspective. So it, there's a lot of grief, a lot of trauma that happens. Our most beautiful moment is their scariest moment. And yeah. so it's kind of holding the tension of watching them grieve and us feel like, oh, I finally have you. And it's just, it's a lot of uh, conflicting emotions. I think not to interrupt like the story, mm-hmm. but I guess to think about that, so now your kids are a little older. Mm-hmm. How, how have you seen that kind of play out now that they're older? Right, that mm. kind of fear, the grief, the the trauma, as you're saying, yeah, is that still kind of prevalent? Is it not really as much? It um, it depends on the child and the season. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of layers of complicated grief with having lo- lost a child, um, having her moved to heaven. We didn't lose her. We just uh, she just moved to Jesus, and um, so there's layers there. But I will say that when you remove those layers, yes, the trauma of 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 just kind of them owning their story. There has to be a lot of, they have a lot to process and you've got to hold that with them. You're not there to, um, to make it all okay. You're there to hold their story with them, ache with them, grieve with them. Um, you know, because think about it, that's a young brain coming to understand that Wait, you know, I, um, I was, you know, I was left, I was found, I was adopted, and I had this whole story. And as parents, as adopted parents, you need to realize, too, that their story didn't begin the moment you received them. Yeah. Their story, there's, they have a story that you weren't a part of. God crashed your stories together, yeah. and you need to honor that. And you did not come in to solve all their problems. Mm-hmm. You came in to walk with them and hold their brokenness and watch how the Lord was, was redeeming it. But it became a very um, humbling understanding for us to know how to be educated in, in understanding how to uh, how to navigate that. But it was also humbling to know that we can't do what only the Lord can do. It's going to be the Lord is going to heal those places, and we get to bear witness to that. Yeah. You, you hinted at it. Um, and the people that know you know know this, but there's going to be many people who listen to this that they don't know you guys at all. Um, so— your baby girl, mm. 
tragedy strikes. Mm-hmm. How how long have you had Hudson at that point when this happens with Gianna? So Hudson came home April of 16 and decent transition. I mean, talk about big brother immediately. They were the little they were the little triplets, three musketeers, oh, yeah. Tali, Hudson and Gia. The hardest transition with him is it's a, now it's a someone with with memories and opinions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. And full like perfect perfect um Mandarin. Because he's almost seven, right? He's almost yeah. seven, yeah. yeah. And, and a, he would be up late at night crying, oh, missing I miss his my China polio, friends. polio, friend, friend. And, and we would have our, 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 that American missionary who was with Gia, she was just a dear friend, Medicine Chinese Chamber adopting. And so she would WeChat him and help him speaking in his language. And again, this is all stuff that you need to do for your child. You need yeah. to weep with them and walk with them in this. And 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 you can't be uncomfortable by it. You've got to walk them through it. And it was it was I mean, hard I can to imagine watch. how much different it is because he's this old. He he's yeah. fluent yeah. in the language. Yeah. The yeah. other ones probably knew what a couple words. So yeah. you talk yeah. them English. He's like got to relearn everything. A whole language. Yeah. Oh, ugh. yeah. And and it's crazy is as he was learning the new language. It, it it was from what April to August he became fluent in English. Oh yeah, he sounds like straight up wow. American now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's sad because as he was gaining oh, English, he was man. losing his Mandarin. Oh, I, I wish there was a way to have kept them both, but your brain can't hold both if you're not using both. Yeah, he's a smart. Yeah, well, kid. I, I do have to say, right before we went to China, Johanna gets in a car accident, not her mm-hmm. fault, and I'm thrusted into. I got by another vehicle now. You know, I just came home that night. From a missions trip that I led to Nicaragua, which actually some people from I wasn't fully coming here yet, but five guys from Lifehouse came. Mm-hmm. That was first, their that was Lifehouse's first, first, first mission trip. trip. So I led the trip to Nicaragua, and I came home, and that was probably the second trip, I think. But um, oh. yeah, uh, the second trip for for, for uh, Lifehouse. So I was coming for, going here. But anyway, we I, I had I needed twelve, I needed fifteen passenger, and I didn't want the church looking bus, you know. <laughs> and there's only like three options, so we got this. I had to go to limousine company i get this 14 passenger sprinter you know um which, well which, and just the lesson there is when you step out in faith the 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 enemy ups their yeah. warfare and yeah. you get all the flat tires all the appliances uh, breaking all the crashes yeah. it's we come home <laughs> two months later we're we're where we're at now a little farm at um and it's almost two years of just peace kind of comfort like it was beautiful it was beautiful but she had one little moment we're actually going to Stephen chris chapman concert we go that morning for her appointment and she has arrhythmia and thank god her her pacemaker called it and she had to get some things done she had to get admitted yeah. immediately and so we had to miss that you know concert and all and, and um and we're like what what is happening but that's kind of only a little scare she was out the next day yeah. or a couple days later she had a little um i do have to back up real quick Gianna's first uh, uh, heart failure, two weeks home, New Year's Eve, she had a brain bleed and had a seizure. Wow. Was in the hospital during New Year's Eve and for two we weeks. We had gotten home from Boston after yeah. her the, her miraculous healing in Boston and, and she had had so, a brain bleed. And so it was again, scary lots of, of the stuff. And finally, we're, we're done all these appointments and like, you know, she's cleared all these you know, things. And it felt like a season of rest. Oh, it, it was really beautiful. was. And, and we and, had moved to the farmette. We were you know, playing with all the animals. Isabella says she's a senior. I said, I want to do something, you know, um, just as a, as a family and something. And, and I've brought Isabella to, to two trips with me on the, um, the, and, and Helena on one of them to Nicaragua with our lifehouse trips. And, um, and she's like, I'm going to go to Nicaragua. I'm like, what? I'm thinking like cross country. I'm thinking, 
why not? You know, because Johanna and the boys, they haven't been. And so we plan a trip. I'm like, wait, can Johanna, is she allowed to? We go in November. We, we figured that wait. the doctors would shoot yep. us down and be like, there's no way you're taking a heart child out of the country. We go to her appointments in November and she's like, she's the best she's ever looked. Mm. November 17. Wow. I was like, are you kidding me? And we even go to this anti, like, because she doesn't have a spleen. Well, here's what to look for. Here's what to do here. Like we had a game plan, but yeah, they were said, go, they said, go and we were have fun. So January of 2018, we go, Gianna spends her sixth birthday in Nicaragua. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Right. We go like the tiny little missionary. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) And I was part of feeding program. And, you know, uh, since then we've started, we just started an English program. That's really thriving right now. And, um, it was just, it was awesome just connecting. And now it's the kind of my family in Nicaragua is now you know, meeting my other family and or my, my real family, you know, yeah, but beautiful. it was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing on the um, shore looking at the Pacific ocean. And I remember here, I just remember telling the Lord, Lord, if this is anything like heaven, I just, heaven must be so beautiful. I couldn't imagine a sweeter moment than the, what I felt. And I, I realized at that moment, that was a deposit because I had no idea what was coming up. And it was the Lord had to deposit into my heart that drip of heaven so that I would have something palpable and to hold on to when I would need that hope of heaven more than anything in this world. I know this next part, we could do it. three episodes on alone, right? And yeah. and um, I'm happy you guys have shared your whole story to this point because a lot of times this can consume mm-hmm. it right because of how how it happened and mm-hmm. just but but we know it's just a part of it like a big part but a part of it and and, and it's a beautiful part as sad as like I, I, being able to talk to you guys mm-hmm. i know your perspective on it and how hard it was but yeah i mean i, I hear brian talk about it all the time at men's basketball and mm-hmm. just like the beauty of it not just uh you know the hurt the, the hurt and the mm-hmm. pain and and i mean i before we even get into it you guys have encouraged me sure so much. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody. Um, I'm new to Lifehouse in early 2018. Um, and, you know, still trying to figure out whether I'm going to be here or not. You know, Lear goes on. I'm, I'm in a life group. And I guess sometime in 2018, she got sick, right? Mm-hmm. March. She went to the hospital March 28th. So March 28th. So it must have been around that time. I don't know you guys at all. I've never even no. met you. And But I'm at a life group. And, and uh, our life group leaders happened to be out. So they asked me to lead that day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, sure. And, and, and like, we, we get into the discussion and then somebody, somebody literally was like, can we just like pray for, for you guys? They're like, they're going through a dark time. And I'm just like, I don't even know you guys. I'm like, I don't know how this life group stuff works. Let's pray. Like, and, and man, we literally spent most of our life group just praying for you guys at like the last 20 minutes. And I'm just like, but but what, what spoke to me was like, man, like the way that people responded and, and came like. For you guys, I didn't even know you, but I felt like I did. I felt like I knew this little girl that I had not met. Mm. And I'm just like, that That really spoke to me about this church and mm-hmm. about, you know, the culture. And I'm just like, man. And then I and then I was serving at LSM. And I remember mm. your kids, like, I remember Pastor Kent was a pastor at the time. And your kids show up. And it's like in the middle of yeah. chaos. And yeah. and I, I remember the We're leaders Boston, like, yeah. I remember the leaders are like, I didn't think they would be here. And and just seeing them just stop everything and just praying over them that was and, a special and just, moment. Like, yeah, like, we were we were battling in Boston, and, and honestly, the Lord knew we were going to need this community because they were, um, they were literally the holding our arms up, holding our kids up, and I couldn't imagine battling without um, just battle warriors 
next to us in this this family here. I, I can't imagine how many other people God has used your story to impact because, you know, this is that's two different experiences I had mm. through your story. What I haven't even really met you guys at the time, and maybe by the time March came, I probably did meet you guys, but not really know you yeah. well. But it, it was it was like just just I could just just my own personal one person, right? So I can imagine all the other mm. people that yeah. God has used to impact people in, in just so many different ways, whether it's adoption or just yeah. like yeah. being where they're at, and yeah, and but, just the the power of prayer. I, I when um it was it was an well I'll just go like yeah. Mar- March twenty seventh. I kind of come home from work and, and, and Gianna, I think, threw up once or twice. We think it's a virus, you know, bug. And she's clammy. We're, uh, yeah, we're, we're thinking. We're on the phone with the hospital right away. Saying, yeah, what do you want us to do? Oh, okay, you know, INR looks okay and whatever. And so, okay, you know. And no, they said, watch her closely. Yeah. Um, you know, if they gave us things to look for, things, when to call. Um, and then the worst night of our life, you know, she, she ended up sleeping on our bed. And she's sleeping here on my side. And she's like, you know, daddy, I'm kicking you out of your bed. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I just remember just kind of giggling and, and uh, gave her a kiss. And I said, fine, I'll go downstairs, you know. It's, and, and you know, three in the morning, all I hear is Johanna carrying her saying, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, please, please. And immediately, based on experience of, hey, she might have another Caesar. So I immediately go get the whatever medicine and, you know, give it to her and she's not responsive or call 911 and you know immediately it was adrenaline immediately and then complete paralyzation of a panic attack mm-hmm. and I couldn't move I couldn't do it I was sweating profusely ambulance comes I'm in the ambulance and thank God God gave me the wisdom to go through every little thing basically you can't just give her a shot you have to go to the bone you have to do this you know it just came to me and I said you have to go to AI because we live right over the border of Maryland and they would take us somewhere else mm-hmm. So we had to get, you know, switches. We went to that other place, the other hospital. We went to Christiana and they, you know, because it was too far for for AI. So they're working on her. And I still remember seeing a doctor like, I have no clue what's wrong. And then we get trans, they transport her and we go. She finally meets me and prayer warriors here. These these three women came in and just were praying. We're here for you. And they were there when the doctor came in. The the whole community just rushed into us and it was they, the doctor says she needs surgery right now. Now, knowing her heart's a puzzle and it's a complex, I'm not having some stranger just. I said, yeah. wait. I said, well, call her team, Chop, and from Boston right now. And they all decided, put her on life support, get her to Boston. But what the the crazy thing was, by she had to go on life support to be able to be stabilized. Yeah. But they had never had a fixed wing transport. With the child on life support. So. It took two days, which is really frustrating. But in Boston, you know, she's been transported on the helicopter before, but they don't do life. Oh, she wasn't on life support, but they don't do. ECMO. Li- she was on ECMO. They don't do fixed wing, like a, an airplane. So because of the the stability and the mobilization of it. And thank God for this one angel of a, of a uh, you know, nurse doctor from Boston that fought for it from Australia and says, we're doing it. And they, it was a timeline, and they came, flew into Newcastle, came over, got her, and I'm already. There were so many miracles. There's so many miracles. People here, I got a you know, flight up there on a, on a jet, and Johanna, my dad, went up, and you know, she got there, stabilized, went through surgery, and the doctor, I still remember exactly him walking in this waiting room, and says, "Well, the surgery, 
the, her heart's 10 out of 10 right now, but her lungs are filled with blood mm. and we can't get, and yeah. it was a three week journey. Three and a half. Of trying, what do we do? We were literally a couple hours from a Hail Mary lumbectomy, whatever you take out a lung. They were going to do a heart surgery, take out a lung. And um, that was their, they called it their Hail Mary. There was a lot of hope on the table though, man. We so were, many prayers. And let me tell you, mm. I have never seen a community, a world praying the way we experienced um, prayer. I, there was nothing, there was no doubt in our mind that the Lord was going to do a miracle. And we, we wanted the world to see, and we invited people to be praying with us and um, pleading for her life. And, um, and, and, and there was something, just just a holy roar we felt in our community and in the world, just just the the way that, that we were, it was an agreement upon the Lord is going to do a miracle. And here's the confusion for me. He, he saved her before. Like, there's no way he's going to take her home. Why would he call me out to something so crazy yeah. if he's just going to take, like, the, the, it, it did not make sense. So the first couple, uh, you know, surgeries, I'm not saying I didn't have fear, but I was like, well, the, death was not an option. It was just like, of course she's, I mean, of course God's going to. I'm not saying I never had that little fear, but it was just, it was, I ousted it real quick. And so I was almost like, okay, well, there, 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 there's a solution. There's a solution until there wasn't. To a massive brain bleed, and there's nothing. And, and they we, should have padded walls. I'll tell you that. And when they tell you those rooms, because it, it well, it got, we went from one moment them, everyone excited for this hope, next hope step, and we're fighting for your girl. We're fighting with you. Yeah. To we need to talk. There's no more hope, and I'm like that is not in my language yeah. because I have a God who I saw resurrect her life before, and he's going to do it again. And that became the anthem. And so they said, well, we can't intervene at this point. There's nothing we can do. And Brian's right. At that point, you just want to knock everyone on their back and you would tell them to stop talking in such a, um, a foolish way because we are not done fighting. And, um, and there was we panic. believe the Lord was going to do a miracle. It was, a had... it was a panic attack, my second one ever in, in that moment of – but there was worship music for three weeks in that room, nonstop, twenty four hours. A we day. held vigil around her yeah. bed. We prayers, everything, and and it it was just confusion. It was confusion. But knowing that, we call my parents, saying, "Bring the kids." Yeah. And I would say, second to losing, if not, is telling my kids. Yeah. And that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And like I said, we couldn't have done it if we didn't yeah. have this family on the other side. Yeah. Um, our, 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 our family, grandparents, and our church family holding them up as they're getting the news. And, um, and it was just, that's when you just surrender like, God, I have nothing. You've got to come in and you've got to be real because I need you. And um and it was beautiful to watch just the family of God come in and um, hold our hands. I'll tell you what, mom being in the church for many years, she's like, I've never <clears throat> seen a church be the hands and feet of Jesus more than Lifehouse was with you guys. Mm. And the the celebration of life we had, and man, Tish come on, what's Gianna's favorite stuff? I mean, we had a little petting zoo and can't, yeah. I mean, it was just the most beautiful It, it thing. was an actual celebration it of life. Celebration. We told everyone we want, now back up because we just, 
rushed over that. Let yeah. me tell you, um, when you are believing for a miracle and you are praying with zero doubt and you're taking the verses literally that if you believe you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you tell that mountain to move, it will move. And you are taking God at his word and your children are taking God at his word. Um, let me tell you, there was a, uh, there was a point to where we felt rejection from the Lord because he said no. And, um, and I remember, I remember when we realized that that was the answer, having to surrender and realize that he was going to do a miracle, but it was going to be a heavenly miracle and that it was going to be a heavenly healing, but to reconcile how we had believed for an earthly miracle and to have to transfer that to heavenly one. It just, there's, there's honestly, there was no smooth way for that to happen except wrestling with the Lord. And, um, I will tell you midnight, it was April 21st and midnight hit April 22nd. And they came in and says, we're, we're turning off life support. We're done. And, Lots of tears, but I will tell you there was there was definitely at, at that moment God made his presence very known. That moment it was such an all like never How do you experience <laughs> how can you translate? There's no translation for how you can be the most slayed and destroyed in one moment and the most held exactly in that same moment. Yeah. I will how, tell you there's how no words thin, for it. I, I want to tell you how thin this veil is, people. Walking your daughter to heaven and 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 being there and, and the peace you felt because you know God is there with, amongst us. You you feel Him. You can almost oh see Him. Oh my gosh! Him. It's 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 holy oh. ground. It changes. It changed everything in our lives. You don't see that. You don't experience on the other side of the veil and come away unchanged. Walking Gia to Jesus radically shifted our understanding of of Earth. It of uh, the way I explain is it it made earth black and white and it brought color to heaven. And, um, but in that was a lot of wrestling, um, a lot of gratefulness that he was the angel in the fire with us. Uh, it made him real and yet it made me mad at him. It was just messy, just a lot of mess. And I learned, I learned why Psalms and Job is in the Bible. And there's a whole book called Lamentations and Mm. why that's there because there is a, 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 a part of our Christian walk that doesn't get recognized a whole lot. And that is, that is the wrestling. That is the lamenting, but that is the heart of God. That is God is Jesus is the one acquainted with all our sorrows. And we got to know Jesus in a way we had never known him before. And it's changed everything. And I will say I I, I would, it came at a high cost, but I wouldn't, I can't imagine not knowing him like I know him now, mm-hmm. um, which was through the wrestling. So I tell people, do not be afraid to be honest with the Lord and don't be afraid to wrestle him out because that is where he meets you. It's a more scarier thing to numb out and to close the door on him. It's but when you're lamenting to numb out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was how I dealt. And how do, how do you guys like, I know the ending of the story, right? But, like, but I don't know the answer to this. How do you go from, experiencing that tragedy you, you've you've had four biological kids at this point you have three adopted children one now passes away and then you, you said it right she's she moved with jesus I, I always call it a promotion right she was promoted mm-hmm. she was promoted to heaven 
at some point, this crazy thought of your mind came up. We're going to do it again. Yeah. Like, how do you get from all of the grief and all of the sorrow to God said, do it again? This like, is it. How well, do- <sighs> why are we here? Like, mm. and we, I, I was really taken back and nice. I mean, there's so many, and, and there is no levels of grief. It, it comes at waves. It still comes. Yeah. It's almost mm-hmm. been five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blows my mind. Collateral damage of losses and losses. But I look at this, I just remember like, what, what, like everything lost its purpose in the way of pursuit of riches, pursuit of this or pursuit of whatever. And I'm like, like the idol of comfort was oh, quickly, radically taken off the altar. I want there to was- live. I, Jesus come now, but I know Jesus is real because he has met us in the fire and mm. we, I'll tell you, I still can't reconcile. I can't say why. I can't like it. It, do, it doesn't make sense, no. and not definitely not the story I would have chosen. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of adoption, right? Like, literally, the yeah. adoption is the gospel. I yeah. mean, God has adopted us into His family, and there, like, I, I literally can't think of a better earthly way to reenact that than for to do what you guys are doing, physically adopting a kid and rescuing them the way that Christ has rescued us, right? Because yeah. Not I know not every adoptive kid story is the same, but if they're up for adoption, they just because they need a home, right? They need a family, need a family. and mm-hmm. it's like literally, rescu- like that's what Jesus has done. He's rescued us. Yeah, that to me was one of the most humbling understandings that I came to realize is, yeah, we went in it thinking, yes, we're rescuing a child, and this child needs us, and wow, this is what God's done for us. Um, not to dismiss that, but honestly, the true rescue was what God was doing to us in our hearts in the midst of it. It was less about us rescuing our children and more about God was rescuing us from a life of normalcy, a life of, of what if he had not crashed in and, 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 and messed our family up in the most beautiful ways. And it was, it was me who was feeling rescued by the Lord. And it was that I get to see him as my child's rescuer. Mm. And I get to to walk in that and get front row seat to the Lord because I don't have the ability to heal my child's brokenness. I don't have the ability to make all the pain go away, to put a red bow around their story yeah. and a happily ever after. And that, that was humbling to realize that I couldn't take their grief away. I couldn't take their trauma away. But what it did for me is it showed that God with us, mm. he calls us to bear witness, to hold those places of brokenness, to testify to the God who says, I have come to restore the places that are broken to, to be your redeemer. And so we got to see God be God yeah. to our child. And, and it was less about us. And we were like, he has allowed us to watch his role in our child's life. And I think that just became more humbling with each one and just less about, wow, look what we're doing. And more about, we don't know what we're doing, but we get to watch God do this crazy miracle. And it's messy and it's broken and it doesn't always turn out perfect. Unicorns are rainbows, but it's... It's his story, his with us, Emmanuel, God with yeah. us. And 
that's what made God so real to yeah. us is he held us in that room when we had to give Gia back and he he showed his face to us in ways that I can't even put to language. All I know is the only way that we could testify to that was by coming home and realizing what has Gia's life taught us? What did Jesus show us in that room when we had to hand her back to him? And we are now accountable to that. And so we knew that there was no way that God was saying, okay, you hide yourselves in a cave and you go suck your thumb. And you just, we knew that he was saying, I'm calling you out again. Because here's the thing, he doesn't wait for you to be unbroken. Yeah. He doesn't wait for you to have it all together. He doesn't wait for you to be fixed. He calls those who are really messed up sometimes and who really don't have it together. And if anything, if, if, if I can give validity to anyone who says, I don't feel ready, I will say God called us in our most unready time, so unready that the social worker looked at us, mm. thought we were crazy. Now, grief does make you crazy, but I'll tell you what makes you crazier is seeing the face of God. Mm. It makes you crazy. And you're like, woe is me. What am I doing? And how am I going to live the rest of life? Because it's a vapor. Here one day, gone the next. Until you see that in front of you, you don't realize the, the heaviness of that. And I, I remember our social worker who we were saying, we need a home study. We don't know what God's doing, but he wants us to be ready. Yeah. And this was months after um, walking Gia to Jesus, a couple months. And it didn't make sense. But we had already, we, we talked about that. We already realized it's the God who doesn't make sense. Yeah. And we just knew it was a, a scarier thing to not obey his voice. And the social worker said to us, you need to wait a year. You oh. need to wait a year. You come back to me in a year. Wait till you're all better. And I looked her in the eyes. I squeezed my husband's hand because we were on, we were on a, 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 a Zoom with her. And I said, and God gave me a holy courage because normally I would be like, okay, what am I going to do, Lord? I looked her in the face. Again, grief does this. And seeing the face of God does this. I looked her in the eyes. I said, if you won't help us do this, we will find someone who will because we know what we're being called to. Wow. And let me tell you, God used that courage because she had a 180. She looked down at her paper. She looked up to me and says, okay, we can do our next meeting in a week. <laughs> that was wow. just, God carried us. He carried us all the way to our, our next child. I'll tell you, during this time. And at, in the timing of that, you want to touch on why it was, God put a fire under us, but we didn't realize at the time well, why I'll, there was a fire. Well, I'll, I'll get into that. This is the time that we're keeping this to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not even family, nothing, yeah. but mm -hmm. it was such a sweet respite time of getting away and, 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 and the pastors here, you know, just mm -hmm. really took us under their wing to love on us. And we did share just prayer requests about yeah. that. And again, not, not knowing we just want to be prepared and all we, we, there's no timeline here. Lord, just when, whenever, whenever you call, I, I want to be ready, mm -hmm. not knowing what the next thing was. And just so it's clear to the audience, we were not, healed we're yeah, still not no. healing this journey is a journey of healing till we get to heaven we were not in a place that we felt ready qualified valid it it was literally god's voice yeah and we were we knew that we needed to follow it mm. all i know is I, I i my analogy is listen i felt like i lost my leg my ear amputated mm. and i can have a choice to just sit on the couch and just cry and moan about my, my, my situation. And there were times of that. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and there's And there's times that, and I thank God for how he's given my wife the articulation to verbalize her, her pain, because I don't. I mentioned earlier in the yeah. I don't articulate how, and I, I go numb, I do this, and I, I, I just stay busy. And, you know, our, our 
farm fences built because I just wanted to be busy. Like I just wanted the distraction. And and that's one thing we learned too, is how within a family unit, you know, it's, it's really hard to carry grief and to carry deep sorrow and suffering, but to also watch your children yes. and your spouse do that. And everyone's yeah. going at different, their balls are bouncing at different mm-hmm. rates around this, this room. And it, there's no making sense of it. Yeah. And I remember because what is what does a mom and dad want to do most for your child? You want to fix them, yeah. right? You want to make things better. Oh. And um, it was coming to terms that I couldn't fix this. Mm. That I had to watch my child be deep sorrow and suffering. And all I could do was hold it with them. And I remember running out to my woods, screaming at God and saying, Lord, you did this to my kids. And you have to help them because I can't, I have nothing. I just, I just know that you can do what I can't. And this is on you. So you have to be the God that we have taught them about for the past decades of their life. You've got to be real to them. You have to be. I just cried out to him and that became a, a daily thing. I would run out to that space and I would cry and I would scream and, if someone had give me plates, I'd throw them at the trees kind of thing. Like, um, they had to walk. They had to walk their own journey of understanding who God was in their suffering. And they had to wrestle it. And they had to have their doubts. And they had to have their story. And through that fire, they came to understand a God who, um, who never leaves or forsakes them. And who is with them when they're in the pit, who goes lower to hold them in the pit. And um, it made God very real to them and it marked them. Mm. Um, and I was helpless. We were helpless. Um, he had to be so real to them. And he was. You know, when we look at timing, we're, we're finishing up. It is the longest, you know, because we, we weren't in a rush, right? So it was kind of the longest <laughs> study. Uh, and kind of going through, going through, but then uh, New Year's Day, Johanna sees this file. Yeah, we had um, literally just at that point gotten a word from the Lord, and um, the word was goodness. Um, He had given us that word for the following year, and I was kind of mad at him for that word because uh, you can kind of see the wrestling. I said, Lord, I had goodness. Yeah. And, and it was ripped away. So I, I, I can't imagine goodness on the side of heaven. Um, so he sat me down. He made me study the Psalms. And he, he found for me a, um, an original translation of the word goodness, which was tova, tov. And, um, and he gave me that word. And I needed a different word. I needed something that meant what he was going to say. But he knew I needed a new goodness and that it was his way of honoring my uh, my grief, but yet giving me hope that they're like Psalm twenty seven thirteen. God gave us that whole psalm in the hospital as a love letter to our hearts. And twenty seven thirteen says, "I would have despaired had I not believed for the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." Mm-hmm. And um, yes, God gives us hope in eternity, and I and I was convinced. Of eternity, you did not have to convince me that Gia was alive. In fact, I couldn't, and I still to this day can't stand when people refer to her in the past tense because she is alive now more than ever. She is spunky. She is crazy. She is beautiful. She's she's wild. She is, and um, not she was loved. She is loved. So I had a little thing, but 
I, I had to realize that he was making that palpable to me that I am going to show you goodness while you're waiting, mm-hmm. that you're, you're going to see glimpses of heaven breaking through here on earth. I am making all things new, not I will make, it's present tense, I am making all things new. And just, just that coming to realize that by being closer to the veil, we could see how he breaks through and he shows us redemption, miracles, redemption, redemption life in today in the, the land of the living. And that's how we hold on for the miracle of, of, of eternity. So we um, started. So the next day after that, after we got that word, I saw her face and um, and I remember calling Stephanie and I remember telling her, you know, I. I think we found our child and I remember calling, texting Brian and sending him the picture. And he said, we need to be open to Tova. Tova. And, um, and it was like, you know, it, we knew right away that he was calling us and it was our daughter's birthday, our oldest daughter's birthday. And it was, it was, it was truly a lightning bolt to our hearts. And we had found out that her Chinese name meant was translated to the truth of goodness mm. and it was just wild and this is where man when god calls you to do something immediate immediate obedience because this is january 4th 2019 this bell just turned 19 and and, and we see this file and i was literally i remember starbucks after birthday and we actually saw mark and tammy to say mm-hmm. pray pray for us because we're considering this and yeah and i just said why not we see mm-hmm. and it's arthrogryposis. What the heck is that? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, club feet. Okay, well, I've seen that before. She what? had no, she she had no use of her lower limbs, and her upper limbs were limited, and we didn't know anything about the special need. I just knew that her eyes locked with our yeah. eyes, and there was. I'm watching the video. Of, you know, other kids have been home, and what is this thing? And you know, what is this special need? And and I'm I'm just so I'm like, whatever. What is this? What up? Just. Call it into now. Just, mm. just. I don't. I don't. I. I don't want to even consider. Why not? Because of my comfort. Because I'll find reasons not to. Comfort was destroyed at that part. We didn't. It wasn't about. But we said, no, let's just wait in the morning. Well, no, mm. I. I'll take the the blame for that because I remember hearing just that taunting from, and I realized it was the enemy taunting him, saying, "Well, you really shouldn't say yes right now. What if?" You should go home and discuss as a family because we were for the enemy to come in. So I just want to caution um, just people out there. If God is whispering to you, yes, there is that point where you take the time to pray and consult. And, and But when he says move, move, because that what that did is it brought in a week of warfare and a oh, week six, of doubt, scary yeah. fears. Um, and thank God for certain people who just came around us and continue to pray. And um, just one of them being a de- dear best friend, Stephanie, and just how we were able to be held and supported and 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 ultimately the lord won and uh let me that's january 4th and it was six days of you know what no 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 this is too hard scary mobile are you kidding me like just yeah and isabella just fasting and praying this is she my was locked sister. in a room holding sisters my sister no no and just cries tears fasting praying everything and yeah and i'm just like no january 10th it's gianna's seventh birthday first one without her and we go to a butterfly museum in Philly and we're just being as a family kind of no words type thing. And on the way home, 
again, I'm still struggling with with this. I wasn't like sold out. Oh, should I? I was just like, it's just easier not to. It's too hard. And Gianna, I mean, um, Isabella says, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I just got a news alert. Winter storm. Winter storm Gia mm-hmm. is hitting the East Coast. It's the seventh storm of the season. Wow. <laughs> when our seventh birthday. And it, to me, it was just a kiss on the forehead. Talk about the Lord when the Lord crashes in. <laughs> and that night, I remember going in. It was just Johanna and I. His bells went straight up to her room, just praying. I said, "Just let us talk." Or she, trust me, she's been asking. I said, "Johanna," and 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 unlike the other adoptions in the past, it's like, yeah. "Hey, I want to please." It's off to Brian. It's like, well, at that point, I said, "I just give this to you. I will trust whatever the Lord speaks to you." I had never done that before. I just i I had nothing. I just needed God to just work through through Brian, and I would lean into whatever he had spoke to him. And very similar. I'm looking, I mean, gosh, you just see the mirror's eyes and you're like, are you kidding the most beautiful things in the world? And I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, only reason I would say no is, yeah, sure, there's the unknowns of, you know, I always wonder, I'm like, well, kids are supposed to leave your house. Like, I don't know, like the, the yeah. independent, will she ever have independence? Will she ever walk? Can she ever use her arms? A lot arms? of unknowns. And I just sat there. I remember exactly where I was just like, that excuse is not good enough for me mm. because even if I'm called to that, if I'm called to even hard, more hardship on this side of earth, I know what awaits me yeah. mm-hmm. and why I'm supposed to live my life mm-hmm. for, for service. And, and I just said, this is my daughter. Mm. That excuse is not good enough to walk away from because and God, I'm so, is so and God has unshackled us. And this is, Proof in the pudding of like, okay, well, if you say that, if you if you're if you're going to live this way, here's this invitation. And it was a hard surrender of so much future potential. You know, what yeah. if you have know, freedom and uh, and it's very humbling to walk back in your story and see that wrestling, oh, yeah. realizing what we would have walked away from. Yeah, like, out on you. Oh, it and, kills and, me. And again, we're not leaving anyone behind. We're bringing the whole family, and. Well, and it it became like, there's no way that we can't, we we walked through fire and there was no way we were going to not walk through, through a piece of the redemption side of it. And, and this is Gia's legacy. This is Gia. This is what Gia was teaching us. This is what Jesus was teaching us through Gia's life is you don't, you, you don't run away from the hard. You walk and you, you walk in to a place where you can, can be hope and, um, and and just to back up, we we had literally. Remember when I said that they told us to wait a year, yeah. and that God made it super clear that we should not be waiting; that we needed to act then. From the the timeline of walking out of China, from the moment that we got home, six months later, China closed and has since not opened yeah. since. And so we would have missed her. And God is so gracious to move us in. Um, such a broken state. And again, that's encouragement that you don't, God is not calling us to be put together, fixed, have, have it all together. He's just asking for a yes. And he gets to be the one to get the glory. And it was beautiful this last trip in 2019, because we got to visit Hudson's and Talia's Mm -hmm. orphanage. Yeah. um, And just kind of help them with their story with that. And we, with Evie Mira, you know, she was, Three and a half. Mm. We actually got gotcha today was on her three and a half day of June 10th. And 
Um, we were, it was just a, you know, hard, but beautiful transition. Also, um, we were also blessed because there's a family here in this church that are still waiting for their son. Yeah. And that was from Gianna's foster home. Mm-hmm. And, um, the foster mom, you know, actually the advocate's name was Brian you know, that they asked you know, to name, name him. And, um, we got to play with them. We have to take pictures and bring, mm-hmm. bring pictures of our church family, of this family yeah. over to show him. Yeah. And the thing is, thinks he's still waiting yeah. like yeah. other children here in the church of their child. And, yeah. and it's so hard to see that, but it was just part of an added blessing to that mm-hmm. trip. And again, it's not easy this side, yeah. three years home, three and a half years. Um, now, the one thing that we will make clear is it's not easy. God has not given us, supernatural ability. He has been the supernatural God in our inability. Um, I will tell you that at that point, having 20 years experience parenting, it was as if I had to restart parenting again. I knew no, I knew nothing about how to parent a disabled child. She has since taught me more than I could ever teach her. And it's made me on, made me walk on my knees and need Jesus more than ever. Um, and it's, 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 it's been an incredible it's been an incredible miracle to watch how the Lord has brought um, laughing to our uh, to our darkness. He's brought treasures in the darkness, basically, and it's 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 been the understanding that he he is not done. The story is not done, and if we can remember that death is, and that is what. I think that was the fire under me when the Lord called us out again. It was that I need to stomp on Satan's head because death does not get the final word in the story. And I knew that was not the God we served. I knew that life was the answer. Life was his story and his story never ended with ashes. And he's the God of redemption and not the God of death. And that's what I knew. That's why I knew without a doubt that we were on the right path and that Gia's story, our story, God in our story was going to be about life and not about death. I do have to say two quick, cool stories real yeah. quick. Cause when we were in China with, with, with um, Gianna leaving her foster home to go to the train station to go to their province, one of her foster sisters had to go to the hospital mm-hmm. and that's little girls now living in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And um, so Isabel is holding her when we go with the nanny and I get out of the, of the van Hold, you know, get this little girl and hand her to the nanny. I'm looking at the hospital, not mm-hmm. knowing, you know, a couple of years later, I'm reading this file that Hudson was recovering from his surgeries at that exact same time. At that same moment. At that same moment at the, in the hospital. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, just seeing those kind of, just, you know. Yeah. And uh, Hudson says it's cool to share this. He is one in over a million because he has one of his, you know, special needs is situs and versus, which we knew his heart went to the right. But basically, after getting him you know, checked out, he had two thumbs. One was removed, and and, and some other special needs. And uh, is everything's flipped inside him? Mm-hmm. Everything that's He's left one in a right, million, <laughs> left and right in us is right and left in him. And and yeah. the doctor's like, oh, he doesn't need any surgeries. I mean, that's just that's just it's going to function that it's way. Just going to function. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That was really cool. That is super cool. But the second thing is December of fifteen. We're in Boston. We're in the hospital. It's chaos. We're recovering from surgery, and we get notified that you know Hudson is is officially you know we were uh, approved by China. Yeah, to approved adopt by China. We were well, in the hospital with Gianna yeah, after heart yeah. failure. But what we didn't know is that at the same moment, Evan Mir is being born. 
Mm. You know, and I'm just like, man, just these connections and just the, you know, and going back to, we just had an adoption, you know, lunch in here. Yeah. And Sharon and man, seeing so many brand new faces and just, Mm. and, and, and this, their desire to step out and and hearing some stories, you know, third, third hand, but just saying like, I just want, I'm tired of being disobedient. I want to move forward. And, Mm. and I know there's fear involved. I know this, but man, if, if, if there's any, in a way, burden just people's eyes would be open, knowing that, hey, that's not a smooth story, but man, like when you experience something from God, you want everyone to. And then and you- I think the important thing is knowing that when you experience what you're experiencing is the heart of God. This is his heart. Uh, children, um, orphans is his heart. And when you are on this path, you become acquainted with his heart in a way that, that, radically changes everything. And and that I think is what burns us to share our story with others and to have others pray about whether they're being invited because to know the heart of God in this way is truly an incredible, an incredible gift. And it, ch- it changes everything for real. And Gia's life continues to, pr- to be a life of miracles. Um, she we have a foundation that was set up in her name, giashope.org, which we've been able to give out um, at least 25 grants over the past few years to other adopted awesome. families, knowing how the, how the church and the community and the world came behind us and helped us fund the adoptions. We wanted to, um, in her name, be able to uh, be that blessing to other families, which and it's, it's, it's grown where we are now um, um, partaking in, in, Family preservation, so there doesn't have to be orphans, you know. Um, so family preservation uh, movements, and also um, caring for uh, children who can't be adopted, vulnerable children. It's just many branches that just her life continues to grow. And like I said, it's 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 the beauty of 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 heaven breaking through. Just how he continues to bring beauty from 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 ashes, and that understanding that that life wins. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So as I guess kind of coming to the end, right? Um, what a beautiful story, the way that God pieces all the puzzles together, right? Thinking about the births that are happening mm. at the times you're in and yeah. um, God, God is just so good, right? And you can see that very evident, right? In the way that he pieces together your puzzle. And I think I didn't realize that what good meant yeah. was not that things turned out or yeah. well, he was so good. God is good. We love saying that when the miracles happened, like when yeah, Gio yeah, was yeah. saved, like, it's so easy to, to, we, we Facebook post, he's faithful. He did this. And I think what I had to come to terms with is he's good. Even if, because his goodness is, is, is rooted in who he is and what he did for us. And that this earth is not it, that we have this hope of heaven. And that is, that's the Jesus I came to understand. And it rocked everything in in my understanding of God. And I think one thing, just a, a brief summary is up until 35 years old, when we started pursuing adoption, <clears throat> I did the Christian thing. I was in leading sports ministries and men's ministries and worship and here and all these other things. I was busy. I was, and I was in my realm yeah. of strengths, but I didn't really have to rely on God mm. too much because I just yeah. knew what to do. And that really where I feel like my faith, not my relationship with Christ, but my faith grew, like became and that's one thing I, I, I 
I want to encourage and challenge everyone is I grew up learning about faith and stories and and, 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 and relationship with Christ, but I really never saw faith in action. Mm. If there's one thing you could do for your children, for your legacy is to show them mm-hmm. that who you can rely on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never cried before 2018 from my kids. Oh my gosh, I don't care anymore. Like it's yeah. just, and, right. and I showed them and how many answered prayers because we're sharing with them. We're struggling with them. We're going through and I praise God that three of our kids are living on the mission field right now. Yeah. And it's like. In a and these sca- are the same kids that were crying on the floor wondering why God slayed them. So yeah. this is not something. This is the grace of God. It is. It's the grace it, of God. It, it, absolutely. 100% grace. Yeah. But I look back and just say, you know, if, if there's anything you do to show your kids is, is, yeah, you could talk about it all day, but show them, mm. walk with them, bring them alongside, serve together. Yeah. If mm. Yes, I know it might sound a little judgmental, but like if they can go on vacation, go on a missions trip. Right. Yeah. You know, we went back to, it was very hard. We went back to Nicaragua in 2021. Mm. And, you know, it was, it, it was with Evie Mira not being able to walk. And it didn't make sense. It was hard, but it was so worth it. Mm-hmm. And we're going back this year since mm-hmm. Ethan's living there now. And it's like, Okay, let's let's. I I want that to be the, you know, the the, the family focus is others and serving and, and 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 sharing the gospel, building the church, not just here. And that if that's a burden for anything is is that, you know, whether it's adoption or anything, if there's anything I want for or everyone when I you know lead the men's basketball and and challenging these guys, it's I just want what is the Lord telling you to do. Yeah. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't be afraid of the questions and, and, you know, and so many of us would say, Hey, I'll, I'll pray for this child. I'll give 35 bucks a month. I'll do this. But am I their father? Mm-hmm. And that was so hard for me and I get it. Mm-hmm. So thankfully for this, you know, this adoption awareness luncheon, you know, we're going to create a Facebook page for, you know, interest and, and also as a support for current families that are pursuing or, 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 or are adopting but there needs to be that support. There is that yeah. isolation when you're like, oh, like I, you know, you have eight kids. Oh, you adopted. I can't hang out. You're like it's too busy. You know, yeah. we aren't invited many places for dinner. <laughs> People <laughs> think we eat so so much. But, but yeah, it's funny. But up, Manny? Man, Manny. Yeah, Manny. Manny. <laughs> also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manny. Yeah, Manny well. Nora. Awesome. But uh, anyway, it's one of those things where it's like, man, that's if I can just help open your eyes, help walk. And I get it. Even with missions trips, there's so many yeah. people. I remember hearing. God's not just God of America. No. Mm. And, yeah. and that's why I love leading the missions trip to say, man, just open your eyes to more. Mm-hmm. What God is, God is at work. Let him, let him break you. And let I him feel, break I you. I feel like God, uh, so much here in America, we limit what, what God can do or does because we don't believe. Yeah. And when your faith is expanded and you see him, and the best thing here is when, when our kids have seen even walk through the fire and, and then going through adoption and doing like, and when God comes through and he is the true hope, when you have nothing else and he is the hope, yeah. you sit there and you're like, oh my gosh, God came through. And even though I can't make sense of this, make, make sense of this mm-hmm. I can't deny God. I will never leave that God because he has never left, left, left us or forsaken mm-hmm. us. And, mm-hmm. and even though I, 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 would, I wish this didn't happen this, but man, God is faithful. Mm-hmm. That's when faith becomes real. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when you want to shake up and wake up other people. You're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. And mm-hmm. yes, we share and are burdened for adoptions. But most importantly, we, we, we just were burdened for people to go deeper and Lord, and not not settle for retirement, settle for this. We had a 57-year-old couple that just adopted two, three years ago with little kids. Mm-hmm. And I never want to get to the point ever, even at 70 or 80, saying, oh, I'm just going to sit back. Like, 
there'll be plenty of time for just worship and praise and all that stuff in, in heaven. And, and yeah. mm-hmm. like, I want to now, and it's so easy to kind of revert back, even after each adoption, to, to comfort. Oh, okay, let's just lay back. But no, I'm slayed to say every opportunity to, 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 to share God's word, every opportunity to take these steps of faith. And we're constantly saying, Lord, like, what do you have us do? It might not make sense. Well, you that's know what? It's you, not going to make sense. That's where you find out who God is and the realness of him is when you're put in places where you need him desperately. And if he doesn't act, then you will you, you will literally, you're wondering if, if God doesn't come through, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. And that that's the place God becomes so real. Yeah. Well, you know, audience, church, those listening, I, I really hope that you're encouraged, that you're challenged, that... You're in all of the Lord for what mm. he's done and uh, what he continues to do in the life of people who walk in obedience to him, ready to continue that. So these are partners of Lifehouse Church, people who are willing to answer questions, mm-hmm. to be here for support, wanting to pour into you, wanting to know how they can pray and mm-hmm. come alongside you um, as you think about adoption. Right? They, they talked about how they were in the support just to ask questions, right? just to see they're willing to be that for you. And I know that and I know them and their heart for that. So um, please ask any questions that you might have, seek them out, meet with them. You can't miss us. <laughs> right, we really don't blend in. We, no, right. we used to have this big bus. Now we yeah. do blend in with yeah, the car. We're more incognito. <laughs> beautiful blonde. We got a bunch oh. of beautiful kids, but then a big scary. <laughs> yeah, bald yeah, head yeah that's here. right, man. Well, Brian, I would love if you would just close out for Absolutely. us and then we'll be good. Oh, heavenly father. Uh, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and we just thank you so much for this opportunity. Mm. Lord, I just pray for that these words were your words, Lord Jesus, because this is your story, Lord. Mm-hmm. Your faithfulness, Lord, just mm. a testament of uh, of your faithfulness, of your love, of your Jesus. comfort, Lord, of your peace, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for the invitations in, 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 in Johanna in my life, Lord. I pray, Lord, for the invitations, Lord Jesus. I know you are... Uh, speaking to so many others out there right mm. now, Lord, I pray for um, that they would step up, um, that, that that they would just seek you, Lord, and and, and just say yes, mm. yes to the invitation, Lord. And I pray for continued support, Lord Jesus, that from this church, Lord, that that that, that they would uh, everyone would feel, but Lord, that just the dynamic of this church mm. and in the community would change because of people's yes. Mm-hmm. Lord, that 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 they would just man, not not just in our fa- in the families here, Lord, but the children, Lord, that need families, Lord, here in Delaware, here in Maryland, all around us, Lord, in the nations. Mm-hmm. I pray for changed lives, Lord Jesus, through missions, through people just stepping out in obedience, Lord Jesus. Help us not have to, to delay the obedience. Help us to continue to seek you and seek your heart. And as they do, Lord, I always remember Psalm thirty-seven four is. Let yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart, Lord. And I always thought that was my desires, but Lord, as they delight, as we seek you, Lord Jesus, our desires become mm. your desires, Lord Jesus, Lord. And that is for the brokenhearted. That is for the fatherless, Lord Jesus. Yes. Help us, Lord Jesus. Change our hearts, Lord Jesus. Change those that are listening. Lord, help us to continue inquiring uh, of more, Lord mm. Jesus. You've come to give us life, life more abundantly, Lord yes, Jesus. Jesus. I want that life, Lord, and it's by seeking you and living out faithfully. Mm. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Life Talk Podcast. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can see new episodes in your feed each week. Until next time.